Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. This week, we are talking with Emily Bunting, who is a social worker turned entrepreneur. She now helps other female social workers use holistic embodiment practices as a form of self-care. And if you have been with me at all or listened to any of my episodes, you know I am all about the self-care. I had a really bad episode of burnout and Emily did too. And it is through these pains that we really become passionate about sharing, you know, with others about how we can prevent this from happening to you. So it's really important, especially if you are in a helping profession, such as social work, to really take care of yourself, check in with yourself, see how you're feeling, because this is a long-term game. Like this, we are not trying to have you burn out after three years, which is the average rate of burnout. I would venture that average has gotten shorter since the pandemic. We are not trying to have you be one of those burnt out social workers, okay? We're trying to take care of you, trying to help you be happy, healthy, and productive and living your best life as a social worker because, let's be honest, you invested a lot of money into this field to even get here. So we want to make sure that you stay here and you're really being the best person that you possibly can. So Emily talks about using breath work as a powerful way to really self-care and soul care on yourself. And she even has a six-week coaching program, which sounds really, really fascinating. So if you need to dive deeper into the self-care, then there is that available as well. If you want to figure out a way to really get focused and grounded super fast, make sure to stay to almost the end when she leads us through a breathing exercise. It can be really, really powerful just to have you more focused and more energized in case there's a test that you need to take, an interview that you need to do, a presentation that you need to be at the top of your game for. This simple exercise can really help you out. So we're going to listen to a short ad from our sponsor, and then we're going to hop right into the episode. This episode is proudly brought to you by the Rise Directory, a national directory of clinical supervisors who are dedicated to helping the next generation of clinical social workers grow in their clinical skills. The link is in the show notes. Check it out and tell every clinical supervisor you know about this directory. Hi, Emily. Hi, Catherine. 
Welcome to the Social Workers Rise podcast. I'm so excited to talk with you today. I'm excited too. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So tell us a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah. So um, my name's Emily Bunting and my background is in social work. So um, I worked in a variety of different settings. Um, I went to Boston College and got my MSW and um, for a while I worked on psychiatric units and um, I worked specifically with uh, women struggling with eating disorders and multiple dual diagnoses and worked in both an inpatient and outpatient setting and residential setting. And, um, and then I, I moved to California and I started to work in adoption and foster care for uh, a nonprofit. And that led me to working for the County of Santa Clara. So, um, and I'm, I'm no longer a social worker and I can get into that a little bit, but I, I worked for the past eight years um, with the, um, uh, Child Protective Services for the County of Santa Clara, and I worked in their dependency and investigation unit, um, investigating, um, you know, abuse and neglects allegations, and working with families to um, uh, set the stage for either reunification or family maintenance. So that was sort of my last, you know, eight years in the field of social work. And so, and then in 2020. Um, my life changed drastically along with probably, you know, most of the world <laughs> and uh, COVID hit and our, and I have two young girls and, um, uh, and my husband, and we moved from California back out to Massachusetts to be closer to my family and for various other reasons. And I took that time and, and um, at that, at that time in my life to, because um, right, I, I had to start to homeschool my, my children and they were doing a hybrid they were in school part-time and at home with me. And the time when they got to go back to school, I had pockets of time to really go deep into my own healing journey. And um, I didn't realize that um, my years of social work, I had a lot of self-care practices that I used, but um, it, was, it was really tough work, which I'm sure a lot of people can identify with that really wore on my soul. And so I began an embodiment journey and um, really starting to take care of myself in ways that I was never taught before. And, um, and I, uh, I was so passionate about what I discovered and how much I healed within me that I developed a program you know, for social workers to explore these modalities to help heal, help them deal with vicarious trauma. And that's, that's really the, the, the long story of my career and what I'm doing now. And, um, and so now I'm an embodiment coach and also a breathwork facilitator. So those are the two modalities that I do now. I love that because it's, it's true. I found also that being in this field over a course of years, it does weigh on your soul. And I feel like when we say, oh, self-care, it's it sounds so shallow. And I feel like it doesn't fully communicate what we need as humans in such a hurting industry. And, you know, our clients are hurt. Our colleagues are hurt. The systems continue to oppress and not be supportive. And, you know, we're not in a a standard job, right? Like we're not selling cell phones and no shade to people selling cell phones. It's, you can make great money, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a different level of stress to where it weighs on your soul. 
And so that typical standard self-care is, I feel like it's really, really shallow and we just need more, more deeper level self-care. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, Catherine. I mean, it makes a hundred percent sense. And, um, and like I said, I was, I was right there along. I'm sure people can identify with this. Um, even, even people starting, you know, in this field, um, um, you know, I reflected on my website, I go on to this a little bit more about, you know, my journey and my, my MSW degree. And I was taught, I was, I was always taught that you need to take care of yourself, right? You need to, you know, if, if you need therapy and, and the school that I went to was very, um, uh, really great about that. But what they didn't provide that I had to seek on myself is, is, is more of a self-care that, um, that it wasn't about, and a lot of the self-care is, is, um, how do I say this? It's, um, yes, it's important to take care of your body in the ways of maybe like, right. You can go to the spa and you can get a, a, you know, luxuriate in a massage, or you can, um, you know, take time for yourself out in nature, which is really beautiful, right? There's, there's tons of ways, exercise. It's a great way to take care of your body. But, um, what, what I found is that I had my self-care practices, like my toolbox, um, and I kept going back to those tools. I'm like, okay, let's go for a 20 minute run. And that did help, right? I would release some, you know, some stress and energy. And then what happened in my life, Catherine, I had my first child and, um, then I went back after three months and I immediately got back into dependency investigations. And the first case I got back was this horrible and traumatic case regarding a, a, a burned child. Mm. And, um, and I just spun out like, um, it, you know, obviously something shifted within me after um, I just had a different perspective on life after having a child and then going back into child abuse, um, you know, investigating child abuse and neglect. Um, and I, all my practices didn't work for me anymore. I didn't get the release that I needed to. And I started to numb out. And I think that's a lot of people do in social work and also, you know, uh, and really, uh, you know, general helping professions, nurses, teachers, where you're just expected to have, um, we're in the field of empathy, right? That is part of the job, no matter what kind of social worker you are or what, in, or what you know, uh, institution that you work for, or even if you're doing private practice, that empathy is part of the job. And um if you don't move through the emotions that get stuck in your body, because all of us as social workers, I believe, deal with a certain level of trauma, and we all know trauma gets stored in the body. And if we talk about our trauma, it can be helpful. But what needs to happen, especially if it's stored in the body, you need to use your body to release the stress. And, um, and that's why I found breath work so incredibly powerful. Um, certain like shaking meditations that I have my clients do to literally like release trauma and stored, um, really it's stored energy that needs to be let go from the body. So it's, it's learning about these different modalities and that there are some people would put them in the woo woo category. And I think that they kind of haven't quite hit the mainstream. And I'm not saying also that like traditional therapy or anything is, is not helpful. Of course it's super helpful, but when we're dealing with emotional issues, right? You're resi- when you come back from the end of the day and you've had a heavy, hard day listening to and taking in, um, you know, stories or, um, uh, you know, even managing, you know, coworkers and right. Just, just the life of a social worker, it can be heavy on the body. 
And so when you come home and yes, an occasional glass of wine might feel really nice or you treat yourself to a pedicure and that might be really nice. But um, if we don't move like the, the, the trauma through the body, it just gets stuck. Right. And, and when it gets stuck, then it, it comes out in undesirable ways. And so this is what I map out in my, in my embodiment program and help give people new ways of taking care of themselves that, um, that are, in my opinion, really necessary to have a, like a, a longevity in social work, you know, um, and you always have to change. You have to figure out what your body needs, right? That's what I think self-care is all about. It's about tapping into the body, figuring out what the body needs, and then taking action on that. And your body's always changing. Your needs are always changing. And if we're constantly in our minds all the time, how can you really know what your body needs if you don't stop and drop in? Mm. So that's, that, that, that's a lot. That's a lot yeah. of information I just got to spewed out at you. But like mind, I hope that makes sense. Mind blown. <laughs> so it does make sense. It does make sense. So now I can kind of see, you know, why you say like embodying self-care because – it's not just like what we know. It's it's deeper than that. Like literally, it's deeper. <laughs> yeah, than that. And and what and another I mean, an embodiment I think is a is a word that gets thrown around, um, and a lot of people don't quite understand what it is. I I laugh because because I had a friend when I was talking to her about some of the work that I was doing, and I kept saying embodiment. She's like are you talking about embalming people? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not embalming people. So an example that I like to like to give, and this is what I do in my program is like the first two weeks we focus on letting go. And, and I mean, I can identify like coming home from um, a really long day and I'd sit and talk to my husband. I'll say, this is what happened at work today. And you kind of have an unload, right? You have a brain dump. You, you talk to a friend, you talk to your spouse, you talk to a coworker, and sometimes you just need to vent, right? Yep. And in some ways that could be you're using your words to, to process um, the situation. And I think that that, that that helps in a lot of ways on a cognitive level. But when I talk about embodying letting go, it's like, what does it feel like in your body to let go of something heavy? And so I give a tool, like I said, a shaking meditation, which is about like a 10 to 12 minute shaking meditation where you literally shake your body for 10 to 12 minutes. And then you do an integration for about 10 minutes. And this can be done, you know, in the privacy of like your office or kind of like go out into your car and um, or, you know, find a little bit of privacy because, yes, in our culture, if they see you shaking, that gets judged. And, you know, it's even called, you know, it could be called crazy in some ways. And it's not our body needs to let go. And so you literally can shake your whole entire body for 10 minutes and then and then pause for about five minutes and let that integrate and you are literally embodying what it's like to let go. So by shaking, you're consciously putting your body into a state that is actually very normal. All mammals shake, right? Like the zebra out on the Serengeti and the lion's chasing it and, and finds a, you know, an escape. What do you see that that zebra do on Natural Geographic is that it shakes it off, right? It shakes off. It was just in fight or flight. And it shakes it off and it sets its nervous system back to rest and digest. 
and we as humans have the same type of type of nervous system. We have the fight or flight mode and everybody knows what fight or flight mode is. And I think a lot of people don't know that they are in that most of the day. And if we don't kind of reset our nervous system and we're constantly all jacked up, it's like then, you know, all these physiological things happen in the body, right? Cortisol levels and adrenaline and it can lead to adrenal failure and a succession of things. So when I, you know, really what the embodiment practice is, is, is getting into your body to then reset your nervous system to the rest and digest, to, to, to the relaxation, to, to, so that your, you know, your, your hormones aren't going crazy. And, um, you know, stress is sneaky, you know, it sneaks up on you. And, um, and sometimes you don't, you don't know how stressed you are until you, you you find a place of a break, right? Or you have a minute to breathe and then all of a sudden the emotions come, right? So um, it's, yeah, so to embody, you know, embody the letting go, embodying self-care, really feeling like <clears throat> in your body what it's like to take care of yourself and then tapping into what your body needs. That is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, that is, I love that. And I feel pretty shallow saying this, but the first song that top that's like popped in my head was Taylor Swift, like shake it off, shake, shake. Yes. Shake it off. <laughs> and I just picture like, cause I, I'm always thinking of ways to make things like, I don't know, different. I was like, what if you had a day retreat where like everyone just came in and you do all these exercises with them. I think that would be so powerful to have a group of people to do this in person and to just have that energy in the room. I think that would be really amazing. Absolutely. I mean, I just got chills thinking about that and, and you're right and making it fun, you know, like these practices don't have to be so serious, Mm -hmm. right? They don't have to be so serious. And, and, um, you know, that, and, and, and who can't identify with, with a Taylor Swift song? I mean, it makes you want to dance <laughs> and, and really, and dancing, dancing is part of my program too. Intuitive dance. It's just like, it's really about movement. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's just, you know, and, and to have fun while you're doing it, it's just, um, but I agree, you know, getting people and especially with COVID, I know COVID's not over, but it's shifting, right. Mm-hmm. And different States have different regulations and such, but um, you know, that would be, my goal in, you know, trying to, I'm actually in the process of connecting more with the state of Massachusetts and um, getting in with their um, social workers, the Depart of, Department of Family and Children's Services here, um, and really kind of getting in more of their training program to, um, to, to help with social workers, giving them some of these skills, you know, giving them some of these, um, these easy practices to keep in your back pocket, because um, everybody deserves this and everybody has a body. And um, I think we're so locked up in our heads and our minds because that is what is rewarded in our culture, right? The education and um, um, intelligence and that for many, many years has been um, glamorized, right, in our culture. And I think that the body has been, has been left behind. And, um, and, but we're all put on this planet to, to, to be in our bodies and to feel. And when, um, you know, and and when we're not feeling, when we're cutting off, which I feel like also can can happen in social work, and especially happen with me, where I just numbed out. And in order to do the things that I had to do, like I had to get my court reports out, I had to get to my home visits, I had to like blah 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 blah. You have to do your to do list, 
And it's just like how, and I remember thinking, I'm like, I can't process what my client just said to me about her generational, you know, dysfunctional trauma within her family, because I got to get to my next home visit, right? So I would stuff it down. I'd say, oh, that was really, really traumatizing. And I sit there and I nod and I show my empathy, but I'm not going to cry. And I'm not going to, you know, for, for, you know, whatever lens I have over my, you know, my, myself to not actually give in to show too much emotion because I want to be professional, right? All these sort of conditions that I have on my mind about how am I, how am I supposed to act? But then I come home at the end of the day and I'm like, I've had no space to process all this. Like my body is all jacked up. And, you know, I went on my embodiment journey. Like I said, I took a yoga teacher training and that really dropped me into my body that, which then led me to breath work, which then led me into, um, you know, some other embodiment, you know, healing modalities. And, um, and this is, like I said, and then it just, I got so passionate about it and it, and it saved me. It saved my relationships. I found like I was, I was numbing out at work. And then I was curious, I was like, why are my relationships, my personal relationships feeling so shallow? Why is my connection with my kids feeling so shallow? And it's because when you numb out in one area of your life, you numb out in all areas of your life. And so what I had to do was connect back into my body, into a place of feeling, which can be very scary for a lot of people to drop into your body. And that's why with I, I took a six month certification for breathwork to be a trauma informed breathwork facilitator because your body for many people can be a scary place because it does store a lot of trauma. So, um, so being able to drop in and, um, and being safe enough to drop in and then tapping into your body. And that's what breathwork does. It, the, um, you can get into a, a, a continuous conscious pattern of breathing, which then unhooks your mind. And when the mind is unhooked, your mind is like this little monkey. I'm sure you can identify as this. It's just like our minds are going, going, going. And then when, um, when we watch the thoughts, so I call it breath work and active meditation. When we watch the thoughts and the mind has something to do, then you're able to drop into your body. And that's where the magic happens. And that's when your body heals itself, when you allow it to do what it is inherently built to do. And we are not able to access that when we are in our minds all the time, you know, when we're in our ego mind all the time. And again, like I said, I think that that's just, that's how we function during the day. It's like, how am I supposed to get things done without my mind? But we don't, I don't think in our culture, we, you know, create pockets of time where, you know, you can do like a 20 minute breathwork session at your lunch break or, um, you know, do a brief like shaking meditation, take two co-workers out in the back <laughs> and shake like crazy in the parking lot or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, and make it something that's fun. And that is, um, is so necessary, I believe, in, in really self-care for anybody who is really taking on and really, you know, moving through a lot of vicarious trauma, which I do feel like a lot of social workers deal with. Yes. So many things that you said, you know, just brought up so many thoughts and memories for me. I mean, for one, you're right. Social workers, I mean, there's studies on it that social workers are more likely than the general population to have a higher ACE score, like a higher prevalence of trauma in their past, like in their own personal lives. And then here we go, wanting to pursue a career where we make impact, where we make changes, where we really truly help people and then to come to a place a couple years later where we have to stuff it all down just to get our reports in 
And we spent all these years and thousands of dollars on this degree that we're not even feeling fulfilled. Like it's almost like it kind of just robs us sometimes of, of our passion. And it's important that when we get, if we feel like we're getting to that place or like we're in that place to really reevaluate as it sounds like you were kind of forced to do to reevaluate, you know, is this what I want? Is this really a good fit for me now at this time in my life? Because at the beginning, you know, yes, it was like you're passionate about starting your job. You're eager to help people. Um, but there comes a certain point in time where, you know, we're just not in the right place anymore. Maybe we've outgrown it or maybe we have had, you know, exposure to too much pain. And us as humans, we're just not made to see that every day. Um, but we, there are tools like what you help us with to help us process this because we're extremely resilient. I mean, there's nothing that humans can't do. We're extremely resilient. So, um, so yeah, those are just all the thoughts that I had around that. And I'd really like to hear, you know, just a sh- like a short little snippet on how can we implement this today? Like, can you teach us something right now that we might be able to take with us and use today? Yeah, a hundred percent. And, um, you know, and uh, like I had mentioned, so I, um, what I offer <clears throat> is, is twofold, right? I have a, a one-on-one um, embodiment coaching program. It's a six week program for social workers. Um, and it's not actually just for social workers. I did design it because social workers where my heart is and that's who I wanted to serve initially, but it's really for women in helping professions. Like I said, nurses, doc, um, uh, teachers, that type of thing. And, and like I said, it's a, it's a six week journey. Um, and this is all like, like, like I mentioned on my website and then also like, so, and then I have breath work. So I have individual breath work sessions and the breathwork that I teach um, and facilitate um, mostly is meditative breathwork sessions, which are uh, the difference between meditative and integrative is, um, is just a matter of time. And so the integrative breathwork sessions um, is actually something I could talk to you about, which is really keeping a, con- a conscious continual pattern for less than eight minutes is what's called an integrative breathwork session. And, um, and so even like, and I do this um, during the day when um, when I need, especially in that, like that slump, that two o'clock, three o'clock slump right after lunch. And, um, when you kind of want to go for that, you know, uh, extra cup of coffee, um, you know, and, and what I find, what I found is, um, uh, there's a certain breath pattern that I find to be very stimulating and very energizing. And, um, and I could go on and on about breathwork. That could be a whole nother podcast in and of itself. But, um, but, but what the breath pattern that um, I use is, is, is very similar to if, um, I don't know if you're familiar with yoga practice. So one of the, um, I'm also a yoga teacher and one of the eight limbs of yoga is pranayama, which is breath control. And so, um, and pranayama is, is different than the breathwork practice that I, um, that I facilitate in that it is, I talk breathwork that I facilitate is more about a transformational um, uh, breathwork. But the integrative pattern that I, um, you know, even even listeners could even practice this, we can even do it here um, briefly on, um, on our call here. And it's called the breath of fire. And this is a breath pattern that is done um, all through the nose. 
And really the focus is on the abdomen. So when I teach this, I, I have people, you know, sit up straight. So sit, you know, sit up in a chair um, with your feet on the ground, sit bones rooted. And then I ask clients to place a hand on their lower belly. And so um, I would do 60, uh, 60 pulses of the breath of fire. And the breath of fire is the focus is on the exhale and the inhale just happens naturally. And so you'll find when you do the breath practice that, that your abdomen is just going to go out and in, out and in. So I will demo it. And so it sounds something like this. So I'm focusing on that exhale and I just let the inhale happen naturally. So it's forceful and um, it is stimulating. So what this does is it stimulates the nervous system. It gets like it um, increases the pH level in your blood. There's a lot of things that happen physiologically that I won't go into, but really what it does is um, it can really energize. So do you want to try it with me, Catherine? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So you're seated. And like I said, place a hand on your lower abdomen. And then we're going to, um, and so we're going to expel all the air out of your lungs. And then, like I said, when we inhale, we're going to, the, and then we're going to focus on those short pulses with the exhale and the inhale is going to happen naturally. And I'll count for us. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Ten more. Now take a deep, deep breath, and then hold that breath at the top. So holding all that air in, but then releasing your shoulders and letting your body sink down into the ground, relaxing the jaw, and then we hold that breath for as long as the body can hold it. And notice that the mind is going to say, oh my gosh, you got to release it right now. But really tap into your body and let your body dictate when it needs to release that breath. And what we find is that the body can actually hold it a lot longer if we don't listen to our mind. It's always tapping into the breath. And then releasing that breath with a big sigh. <sighs> And then coming into some stillness here, feeling the ground beneath you and allowing your gentle breathing pattern to return. And what that does is that through that breath pattern, you create space in your system. So I even would use this like with an intention, if there's something that I want to let go of, if it's just even just like energy, like clouded energy, if I've just been on my computer and I'm just kind of like in that focus zone, I'll turn away or maybe step outside, sit on the ground, do, do that 60 seconds, do a deep top hold. I do another 60 seconds, a deep top hold, and then one more round. And I mean, that's a quick and easy way to bring more energy back into your system. It's a quick and easy way to connect to your body. Um, and it's short and sweet 
And it's, it's, it's really quite powerful if you kind of bring that into your practice and even doing it. I mean, I do that multiple times a day and I do different practices in the morning, but that's just a tiny little dose of some of the, some of the work that I um, introduce to my clients. Yes. Thank you. I'm thinking, I do feel more focused. I'm thinking too, that it could be good for if you have a big meeting or before you go into an interview or maybe if there's a client that you're like, oh, geez, <laughs> it's going to take yes. a lot of energy. <laughs> All of the above. Yeah. All of the above. Yeah. And I mean, even, you know, I mean, we're all about energy, right? That's what we are as beings. So, I mean, really focusing and, and, and asking sort of that energy to be released and to clear, to move from one situation to another, right? Like you said, if you're going to go into a big client meeting, if you have maybe like a presentation that you're going to do, it's just a nice way to clear. And like you said, um, it helps you to get focused too, right? Because you're really just clearing out that mind clutter, and, and even when you really focus on an intention, um, that really helps bring in, obviously, what, what you want, bring in the energy that you're calling in and, um, and, and setting the stage for whatever it is that you're moving into. Yes, I love it. If you, listener, if you have tried this and you love it, definitely give us a shout out on social media. Our handles are in uh, the show notes. So let me know if you try it and I will cheer you on. Um, I know people are wondering... Like, okay, we can do it for ourselves, but at what point could we teach a breathing technique like this to our clients? Do we need to do all of the certificates or, you know, what, at what point would, should we feel confident in teaching our clients something like this? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And um, like I said, I, I, breath work is not something that's new. And it, I think of breath work like on a, on, a, on a large spectrum, right? And so even before I knew, you know, the, the term breath work, um, you know, I remember my mom teaching me where I had like a minor dental surgery I had to go into when I was like 14, 15. And my mom was in therapy at the time and she was being taught some gentle breathing techniques. And I like to think that I think a lot of people in the social work field are, are, are somewhat familiar with, um, you know, maybe one back pocket way of calming the body down and even just taking a big, deep breath. Like you hear that all the time. Okay, pause, just take a deep, big, deep breath and exhale, right? It's just, that's not, um, that's not um, a mystery, right? I feel like a lot of people are aware of that. And even in... Um, you know, I remember going to therapy and, and just going over with my therapist, even like a, a typical block box breathing, right? Like inhaling for four, holding for two, exhaling for four, holding for two, right? So um, some of those simple, um, simple breathing techniques that I don't think that you need a certificate, you know, to, to administer or to help. And, you know, and really, I mean, I used to just kind of fig figure out what feels right in my body. And if I had a client that was worked up and, you know, helping her, uh, or him, you know, taking a big, 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 deep breath in. And what I, uh, what I learned is that when you exhale longer than you inhale, that's when you stimulate the vagus nerve. And that's what triggers your, your rest and digest mode in your, in your nervous system. So, right. Inhaling for four, holding for two, exhaling for eight, holding for two, inhaling for four. And if you go through this pattern, you can feel it in your system, just like in anything, you need to feel this in order to to, to be it and then to teach it. And um, so those simple breathing techniques, 100%, I think that, you know, anybody can, um, 
can help facilitate those for um, anybody whose system or that you're noticing that their system is, is just um, really activated. And, um, but then the breath work, like I said, to be a trauma informed breath work facilitator that, that does require a certification. And it is something I find that I think that breath work, like I said, transformational breath is hitting the main is, is just behind the eight ball and heading, heading the mainstream, the way that yoga really hit the scene in like the nineties. I do feel in my own personal opinion that, that, that breath work is going to, is coming up through the ranks. And in, in that way to do the transformational breath work that I'm talking about, like the longer meditative sessions that does take um, a skill and practice and a practicum. Um, because like I said, it can be um, a lot can be released. So when we are practicing breath work, we are moving prana, your life force through your body. And, and when we do that, um, uh, that's what emotions are. Emotions are energy in motion. So when, when you are practicing um, uh, breath work for, for more than eight minutes, you can actually enter into a altered state of consciousness. And that kind of sounds like, whoa, wow. That sounds kind of scary. Like, I don't know about that. <laughs> and that could be, right? Like some people could be like, that's scary. But really it's, it's, it's really, I mean, and what, what I was taught in my program where you, where you um, create a safe container, right? There can be no transformation without safety first. And so this is what we, this is what we learn. This is what we practice. And then, you know, embodiment techniques and tuning into your client and energy work. And um, so it goes obviously deeper. And, uh, and that is why, um, you know, I think that breath work, it, it's not under any type of um, accreditation or anything yet. Um, but um, I, I do think it's on its way to do that because I can see people that are not skilled in it and somebody has a trauma response. It can be very, um, you know, that could be, that could be really scary and dangerous, you know, for, um, for a client and the facilitator if they're not trained properly. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So just to recap, if we're doing basic breathing techniques we can do that with clients there's no special certification or anything you know just we, your recommendation would be to do what feels good for you and if you feel in your clinical judgment that it'll help your clients then you know teach them the simple breath work but if we're trying to do something deeper like a processing trauma then that's going to take a little like more of a specialization yeah that's that, that's my opinion yeah okay Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Emily. Where can people find you, connect with you and learn more about your services? Yeah. So you can find me at uh, www.emilybuntingcoaching.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram uh, under Emily Dexter Bunting. So those are the main places to find me and connect with me. And um check out my services, kind of learn a little bit about more about me. And then you can always like, you know, direct message me through that as well to, to inquire even more. But, um, but that's, that's the best. Those are the best contacts. Great. Awesome. And if you are, if you enjoyed this episode and you tried the breathing technique and it worked for you, definitely tag us on Instagram in your stories or in your post. We love it. We will reshare. We just want to make sure that we're out here, you know, making impact and helping you in some way. So thank you so much, Emily. I appreciate you and your time and everything that you do. Yeah. Well, thank you, Catherine. It's wonderful to connect with you today and connect with your listeners. Same. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
Thank you for joining us on another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you loved it, please open up your iTunes, tap the five stars, and leave a short note on why you love listening to the Social Workers Rise podcast. Also, if you want to share it on social media, I absolutely love it. You have me fangirling all over you. Take a screenshot and share it and tag me at Social Workers Rise on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, just want to leave a little bit of legal disclosure here that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in the Social Workers Rise podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done so at your own risk. This podcast should not be used in place of professional advice, therapy, or clinical supervision. And with that, my friends, I'll talk to you next week.